Books can immerse you into a whole other reality. They can teach you about other places, other people, or even yourself. Hello everyone, I'm Gabby and welcome to Still Figuring It Out, the show where we talk about life as a young adult. This episode, I'm joined by two of my favorite bookworms. Kenna is an independent author who wrote a book that will be released in December of this year. What's the title again? Hell Starts With Me. Hell Starts With Me. Mm-hmm. Wow. And Abigail is an avid book reader who has read over 100 books already this year. Sorry. How many are you at right now? <laughs> I think it's 115. 115. Ooh, yeah. girl. Dang. Well, I'm super excited to have you guys on this episode with me because you're both like in your element with this. <laughs> <laughs> are you ready? I yeah. hope so. All right. This is more towards Kenna. What inspired you to write your own book? Okay, so that's a really quirky little question because this is not the first book that I've written. Um, I have, I've been writing, I've been storytelling since I was a kid. I hate calling myself a writer because it's just so like, oh, you write? No, I don't write. I storytell. I tell stories through film and through script and through like poetry and sometimes songwriting if I'm really feeling it. But that's like on a very rare occasion. It's like this isn't the first story that I've written. I've been writing stories since I was 13. And that started in the length of dystopian when dystopian was like at at, like its peak peak. Like we were getting divergent and we were getting the Hunger Games. Like it was like a whole thing. And then it hit a wall and it died because like that's just what it is. But writing this story in particular, though, was kind of messed up. Uh, It kind of came during quarantine where there was lack of control, you know, because I was 16 when we all first went to lockdown. And, um, you know, 16 has been like all the fun stuff happens. Like you go to prom. So I was like, what the heck? Why am I stuck at home right now? Like, what the heck? It started very slowly like that with like lack of control and like not feeling it. And then like not feeling like stability, like around, like my family was stable, thank God. (laughs) And like my social life was like somewhat stable, but the world around me was not. So I was like, okay, this is not a happy go lucky feeling that I'm feeling right now. That kind of worked its way in. And then one day I was like, you know, I just want to write something really messed up. (laughs) Like I was like, I want to write something that's like borderline messed up or completely messed up. So I just sat down and was like, what's really messed up? What can I write about? And then this one, the final scene, I wrote the final scene in one sitting and then I was like, cool, this is a fun little moment. So I posted it on Instagram that everybody really liked it. And I was like, oh, wow, that was really fun. And I was like, okay, but I'm not making that a project because I've got other projects going on right now. And then a few months later, I was like, mm, I'm going to make it a project. And I did. And then three years later, here it is. And she's ready to come out. And I'm really excited about it. So <laughs> it kind of has like a really messed up origin story. But that's okay. That's where like some of the best stuff comes from. So what interests you about storytelling? Well, cause it's kind of fun. Like it's like a very clean way to do drugs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like something somebody said to me the other day was, so you just pull stuff like out of nowhere, call it Canon. And then that's your career. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what it is. So I just pull stuff out of nowhere, out of my brain and say, this is factual now. And you have to like it and you don't have a choice. And this is what's happening. And then people get to like, don't have a choice. They have to be like, okay, this is happening. This is the rule. I understand now. And like no other art form or like like career or like whatever can have that ability like you can't just say okay this is factual now because I said so no like writing is and storytelling is like the only way for you to do that I like that I can make people believe what I have to say and they have to take it as fact one of my favorite compliments that I get sometimes from my writing is oh my god that was so messed up and I'm so sad about it now 
great. That was the point. And I'm so <laughs> glad you felt that because I worked hard to make you feel that way. And if I can, I did my job. And it's just, it makes me like kind of like giddy and like clap my hands and like, yay, I did it. So I like that I can influence people that way and I can influence their mind. It is literally like being a drug dealer, but in like the cleanest way possible. <laughs> like I love getting people high on my work. <laughs> like it sounds so messed up. What impact do you think a book has on a person? Oh God. Okay. Oh yeah. I would say personally, the impact books have had on me. I started reading more after I went through like this really rough time where I was just super sad and it was like the only thing I could turn to. Mm. And it really was the only thing I turned to because I didn't have like access to like really, you know, other stuff. (laughs) And like I was able to feel my feelings rather than ignore them. I read a lot of poetry then and feeling my the real feelings that I had made me get over them more quickly than if I just shoved them deep down inside of me and didn't think about them. Poetry is also good because it's like little bite-sized pieces of your feelings. Mm And you're like, oh, someone else felt that. I feel like it. I feel validated now. (laughs) And you can be like, cool, now I can keep reading and see how they got rid of it. And then it's just another like deep poem. You're like, oh, I felt that. I'm so glad that this person also felt that. Poetry is good for that. And things relatable. Yes, exactly. And they're also like little. Okay, sometimes they're little. (laughs) (laughs) Other times they're not. But like in like today's media, like little tiny like poems like this big yeah, or like the really modern popular. poetry that doesn't mm-hmm. even rhyme those are my favorite Ooh, that's so fascinating because i can't stand them really yeah, no i feel like it's i'm like great i'm so glad that you wrote those two sentences <laughs> <laughs> like, that's fair that like, is fair i understand that some people love it but if, for me every time i read it i'm just like this is just not for me <laughs> and i just keep scrolling so I recently read this amazing novel that is part of a five book series that I didn't know, and it's still coming out, and the sequel is coming out less than a month, and it's called Fourth Wind. Oh my god! Do you have you read Don't it? Don't even have you get me it? started. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm obsessed. It's so good. I'm obsessed. With I it. thought it was going to be one of because I think you have one of the overrated book things. Yeah. I really thought it was going to be so overrated, and then I twenty four hour long book. You know how quickly I listened to it? 24 oh, hours. Oh, I listened to it. Okay, I read it. It took mm-hmm. me seven hours to read it. I didn't know it was a 24-hour book. It's 24 hours long. How did you do that? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, no. That's probably a bad sign. But um, you see, like, this is what a book does. Like, it creates conversation, and it, like, is magical. And, like, this person has this made this entire world about dragons, and now everybody's obsessed with dragons, and, yeah. you know, like, loves these characters, and they see themselves in these characters, and, like, no other art process has that. Like, you can't look at, like, the Mona Lisa and be like, you know, I see myself in that. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. No, like, no one says, I look like the Mona Lisa. And if you do, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but she's ugly. <laughs> this girl has no eyebrows. <laughs> I think she has a nose, but she does not have eyebrows or eyelashes. But books are really cool because they take you to places and they show you things and they tell you things and they teach you things. And then you come away like, I feel satisfied, but also a little bit mentally destroyed. But (laughs) like, oh my God, I love, I love when a book can do that to me where I can close the book and just sit there and just kind of like stare at a wall and be like, you know, that kind of hurt me a little, but I'm really glad I went through that pain because I, and then I can go on the internet and see that other people have gone through that exact pain. Like, Goodreads is kind of like that. But Goodreads is dying, and that's really sad. But you can, like, read through all these people saying, like, you know, I felt this at page whatever. And then you're like, oh, my God, I did not feel that. Let me go back and read that. And you read that, and you're like, oh, crap, I see why they felt that now. <laughs> so it creates conversation, and it puts you in another place that's away from this place. How would you say that books reflect life? 
And you can take it by genre. Okay. Mm. But define genre because horror, historical fiction, thrillers, fiction, nonfiction. Would you would you count classics as a genre? Oh, I think they're a genre. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Because I was gonna say cl- classics have like a lot of history in them and a yeah. lot of sci-fi, yeah. dystopian, whatever. And then there's also like different like variations. Like you, because you got children's, you've got young adult, and you got this new thing called new adult. New adult's really fun that, because what? do you not? Oh no, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, girl, let me, I'm about to tell you something fun. Me and okay. my 115 books. I don't know anything. <laughs> okay, so we've all heard of YA, yeah. like young adult. We know what that is. Like that's the standard: Hunger Games, Maze Runner, Divergent. Like that's everything. Fourth Wing is classified as a new adult because of the swearing. Oh, and the but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of the swearing, it's relatively graphic in. Every meaning of the word. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. But so it deals with those heavy themes that are for, like, adults. Young adult is for, like, 12 to 18. Or 12 okay. to, like, 16 or something. Okay. It might be, like, a little <laughs> bit younger, like, 11 or something. But that's the young adult area. So the new adult, we're, we're stepping over that line of, mm, this might be too graphic to, okay, yeah, it's a little graphic. <laughs> you can't label it a young adult because then it'll get advertised to an 11-year-old. And do we really want 11-year-old children No, we do not. So I was a hater of that, though. Like, I was a massive hater of new adult because I was like, hmm. When it first started to be like, oh, yeah, my book writing is new adult, I was like, shut up. <laughs> like, like, I was like, no, you, like, you just want to say that just so you can, like, write. Be hip and cool. Yeah, exactly. So you can be, like, different. Like, I'm different. I don't write young one young adult. I write for adults. Like, I was like, no, shut up. You don't. Like, you write for an audience, and your audience is just whoever they are. No, but then I started to realize that new adult genres need to exist, because if they don't, then we have 11-year-olds reading stuff like Portland. Yeah. And that's a problem. <laughs> so it's a new writing, because mm-hmm. we don't have, you know, PGG. What makes a good narrative? Well, it first, really depends on the person. Mm. Or define narrative and then what makes a good narrative. How the book is told, who it's told from, mm. why it's told, how mm. it's written. There's a lot of things that go into a narrative or even a good narrative. Do you have an example? I keep jumping to classics just mm. because they're so shoved down our throats as being good narratives. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but like whenever you think of oh, a book, or oh, a really good book, mm-hmm. You're, you have to think of a classic when we've, you know, we're newer, more modern now. Narratives have changed. I feel like a lot of classics were written from one person's perspective about somebody else. Mm-hmm. There was always a story of someone else. And now books have turned where it's a story about the person. Yeah. They're telling you what happened rather than someone telling you what happened to someone else. Yeah. So... I guess that's how I'm defining a narrative. It went from someone talking about someone else to a person talking about themselves and what they're going through. And I really do, it depends on the time period. That made a good story back then. Now a good story is when someone tells you what's happening to them. And I feel like a lot of first-person books appeal more to people now than third-person narratives. And I love a good third-person narrative, but I know that I will turn to that first-person narrative on a dime. Mm -hmm. I like to feel what they feel, so I think first-person does that. Third-person is fun because you're not... You're feeling what everybody else is feeling, but, like, it's not, like... Vague is, like, a kind of, like, lame word to use, but... I'm thinking of Harry Potter now because... That was told in a third-person narrative, so you know how Harry feels, like, a little bit. And you know how, like, Hermione feels, like, a little bit. And you know how, like, Ron kind of feels, like, a little bit. But, like, all through, like, the lens of what Harry's looking at. 
So you get like a sense of everybody's feeling, but not as in depth as you should. But I like to feel what my characters feel. So that's why I like to write in first person. I never write in third. Sorry, unpopular opinion, <laughs> but uh, I like to pick up a book and know, okay, I'm going to be feeling this person's feelings for the next 350 pages. And sometimes that gets overwhelming, but sometimes it's kind of fun because then I'm not feeling my feelings and it's like a whole nother like step. I, so I think a narrative that allows you to feel is good. So you guys mentioned like first person and third person, those point of views and stuff. How do you feel about those books that are in one of those point of views but it switches the characters like you read one chapter like from the point of view of one character whether mm. it's first or third yeah and then you switch to another character that's my book right now that's how i wrote it it's, really? it's dual pov i think is the word you were looking for oh, it POV. switches i okay. love those kind of stories i do too the I only issue that you can run across when it comes to that when they add too many yes characters. okay that's so valid i have felt that yeah. That makes me think of the book Wonder. Have you read that? Uh, yeah. That's that book cover with that face with the yeah. The I have. Astronaut? Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, that was a long time ago. He wants to be an astronaut. The astronaut. Yeah. 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 The thing about like dual POV. POV. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> dual okay. POV is that can be super exciting. Like mm-hmm. it can end in a cliffhanger for one person, and then mm-hmm. you switch to the next person, mm-hmm. and you're like. Oh my gosh, yeah. like, where where are we at mm-hmm. right now? And it's annoying, but you're like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, it, it amps up the story a little bit. And it's like if you switch in a scene in a movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then the next, I don't know. <laughs> Murder mysteries that are done that way are so Oh, yeah. Uh, One of Us is Lying by, I, I think her name is Kate something. Wait, Kate. I just read that, I think. Really? Yeah. With um the four kids who, like, yes! Yes, who go to, t- go to detention <laughs> and then one of the kids dies. Yeah. That's not a spoiler. That's no, just that the plot. No, that happens literally at the oh, beginning. Oh, I started watching that on whatever. Oh, it's a show. I've, I've heard iffy yeah. things about the show, yeah. Oh. Well, there's always iffy things about the show. Yeah. I'm sure the book is really good. Oh, my God. books? They're books, but yeah. the first book you could read by, by itself. Okay. Yeah, that's what I did. And then she wrote a second one, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I kind of started reading it, and then I was like, something else caught my attention, so I went and read that. And then I never really came back to it. But that murder mystery stuck out to me because it's young adult, I think. I think it's young adult. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, yeah, yeah, it would be young adult. I don't think well, anything really crazy happens. No, no, no. And they don't swear all that often either. Yeah. Like, one of the kids is a drug dealer, but he's, like, an ex-drug dealer <laughs> or something. His Nate, I think was a yeah, name. Nate. Yeah, He's so cool. Um, But, um, but like, that book, because that book was interesting because it was the first POV, multiple, I have only read two-person POVs, but I had four different perspectives right. telling different plots. And, and it actually never got old. And it never got old no. either. It kept growing. And you're like, oh, my God. One of the characters just did that, and then it flipped to the next pa- the next character. You're like, okay, well, now I got to keep reading this these people. But it wasn't like, oh my god, it was like, oh my god, because every time you flip to a new character, you're learning something new, and we're like, the mystery like gets deeper. Like, ah, uh, that book was really good for that. So, to me, it doesn't bother me. I have run into issues where it has been too much. Like, there's a couple of fantasy novels that I've read that are like have like six or seven characters who have different really complicated names that the author pulled out of the air and like mixed the nouns up or whatever. And you're like, okay, well, I think you have to be careful. But they definitely can be lovely. Yes. Multiple POVs. And you said that's how your book is written? Mm-hmm. Is it just two? Two. Oh, okay. Which I think is like the better of the I Yes, the I agree. Things. Yes. Yeah. When you're writing or storytelling, do you have like a role model that you kind of that kind of inspires you that's really fascinating like a role it doesn't have to be an author you're not asking about like a writer no, but like when you're doing your work or working on a project do you have someone that you kind of model your uh, work after or is inspired by or are you completely original like okay so 
you can't be original or completely original in the world of storytelling because everything's already been said, just not by you. So you have to... We're also all liars. Like, all storytellers are liars because we can tell you a story, but it's not real. Like, it's not a legitimate story. Like, we just pulled that out of our head and was like, this is a lie that I'm telling you and you're going to like it. And people pay money to be lied to. So let's talk about <laughs> I've that. I've never heard it phrased like that. That's so funny. <laughs> but um, for me, I don't think I will ever look at a person and be like, you know, you're inspiring me right now to create a character about who you are. No. I don't think there's, like, a specific person. I think there's, like, instances where so somebody will say something incredibly vague, and I'll be like, my my writer dar, my radar will go off, and I'll be like, okay, <laughs> here we go. Let's write this down. And, yeah, I don't think there's a person. I just think there's persons doing things or saying things. Or, yeah. Or, like, you could wear a piece of clothing, and I'll be like, yeah, that looks like something that somebody, somebody would wear in this story. Let me write the clothing item down. It's kind of funky. What are your thoughts on banned books? Ooh, tea drama. Oh, and uh, I went to Barnes and Nobles back home recently, and mm-hmm. there was there's a table for all the banned books, right? Mm-hmm. And I was there with my friend, and we were looking at them, and this family comes up, and this younger girl, she looks to be either late elementary school or early middle school. And her mom was talking about the banned books, and she's like, yeah, this is just ridiculous, but my daughter loves reading these books. And she said to her daughter, like, what do you say about banned books? And she said, a book worth banning is a book worth reading. Yeah, it is. That that child said that? Yeah. Oh, that child's got a good teacher. (laughs) That that child's got a good teacher, a good English teacher. Mm -hmm. Because... Banned books are stupid. The banning it, of books or the books themselves? No, no, banning of. I think banning the books of. that are banned are where the good stuff is. And yeah. somebody else said that. I did not say that. Do not quote me. But somebody <laughs> said, read the banned books. That's where the good stuff is. Don't know who said it. But, like, they're not wrong. Like, that's 100% factual. Um, Because that's where all the stuff that people in higher power are scared of you finding out or reading or learning or gaining conscience of. And that's no bueno because it also encroaches on i think it's freedom of speech where that freedom is freedom of speech and freedom of press and Maybe. freedom of press yeah, exactly right. and so sometimes they just ban like the wackest books ever cuz they're just like mm, magician no but and the other times they have books that are like like geared for like lgbtq audiences and those books are actually incredibly important and they're just banning it because they, sometimes they don't even read it they're just like mm, it has a gay flag on it that's not okay bye and then <laughs> just call it out and, it, and no, sure, shut up. <laughs> like, no offense, stop talking. Because, no, those books are important. They tell a story that you, with the politician banning it, have not even begun to comprehend because you're afraid of that perspective. And that's disgusting! That's the I hashtag no. Like, shut up. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I can't stand it. It's really frustrating. But it was banned book week the other week. Yeah. And um, where they basically, all the authors whose books have been banned for various reasons... We're just like, here's my banned book. I wear it like a, ba- a, a bag badge of pride. <laughs> if my book, if I for some reason was gotten gotten big and my book was banned, I think I'd be like, damn, I really made somebody angry with this made perspective. Made it big, bruh. Made it big. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, like to me, I'd be like, damn, I really, I really hit a nerve that somebody was afraid of. I, and then I would just keep, I would keep hitting that nerve. But I understand that. If you ban a book, though, it does make it harder for the author to live and make money. And that's somebody's career that you are stopping, which is disgusting. No, thank you. Gross. But yes, banned books are where the good stuff is, and you should always read it. And you should always support the banned books because they're the best. Oh, every time I think of banned books, I think of 
censoring books specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard about when they they have rewritten Huckleberry Finn. I did. So that it no longer has the N-word in it. And that is what I always think of when I think of banned books. Mm-hmm. Because that, I know, of course I'm aware that that is awful. Mm-hmm. And the N-word is bad. Mm-hmm. But you're rewriting history for the winners. And yes. I think that if you're rewriting history for the winners but not showing how they won, yeah. it's very disrespectful. So that's, I always come back to Huckleberry Finn when I think about banned books. I also think that, you know, you don't need a smut book no. in a children's library. No. Or and you don't need a satanic book in a church. Like, let's let's okay. keep it all separate, guys. I understand. <laughs> but I don't think ban- banning books legitimately doesn't make any sense. Also, Especially if we're in the free country of yeah. America. Like, what are we doing right now? Like you said, freedom of speech and freedom mm-hmm. of press. Where does that go if mm-hmm. you're shoving books aside because they say something that a couple people don't like? You mean, Yeah. How do you gain any perspective that way either? You're one person in power and you're disagreeing with somebody's perspective that you're supposed to represent. Exactly. Like, where's the, where's that? I voted for to have you up there and here you are, you know, stamping me in my plate and stamping me down. Like, go away. Like, bye. I won't vote for you again. <laughs> also, I think it adds, it brings more attention to the book. Yeah. And there's also, like, an intrigue. Like, if someone tells you no, like, don't talk to that person, you're like, okay, but, like, what if, what are they But, like, why? Say? What are yeah. they, what Like, are they what's know? so bad about it? To me, it, I'm like, oh, if this book's been banned, I'm just going to spend $20 and read it. <laughs> and then I'll go read it. And sometimes the, that stuff slaps. Like, you're like, wow, that, there's no reason for that book to be banned just because you don't like it. And so many of the banned books are books that they, like, require you to read in school. Or they used to. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know what they're doing with To Kill a Mocking Jaybird. It's it's all about, like, trying to shove under the rug our bad, ugly, dark mm-hmm. history, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous, because like if we're going to say history. that we're thriving now, and then hide why we're thriving, Disgusting. then we're not thriving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, this is a dark comparison, but I think the Nazis did this, too, where they burned the books. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's not go Let's there! Let's not go there! <laughs> but, um... Like, there's a reason Germany makes... I don't know if anybody knew this, but if you're a fourth grader in Germany, you don't have a choice. You visit one of the Holocaust um, concentration camps. Like, you go there and you learn why this is bad, why these people did it. And obviously, they also have problems with anti-Semitism in their own way, but they are forced to educate themselves about it. And that's not something that we have. Mm -mm. And that is... uh, That's kind of gross. And a lot of people that I know personally are very ignorant about even Mm -hmm. our own history oh yeah and then they say really ignorant things all the time you know like you have people maybe i shouldn't even go there but there are very uneducated people now because we're not allowing ourselves to genuinely be educated about these things you have to wait until college to be educated about half of the things that oh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no and it shouldn't be like that Mm -mm. i'm not saying a like a child should know but if you're in they need to know. like higher middle school middle high school, school yeah. you should know that these things happen mm-hmm. so that you don't go out into the world saying stupid stuff right like so you're not embarrassing yourself and a lot of the things that i've heard people say who are genuinely just ignorant about history they could get beat up for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah no like right. but they can get like it's because our history is split mm-hmm. and that's why because some banned books are banned in certain places but then they're not in others so then like we have this like flip-flop of educated people and who like know things and then people who like don't know what's actually going on or lived in like this little blanket of lies like not fun lies but like like deceit and so then there's like a problem because then half our population knows one thing but then the other half doesn't and then it just like uh-uh. 
<laughs> like now we're all like not weighed properly and we're all not getting the same education that we were all promised like the like the country always said we would have so it's kind of like a an awkward situation like nobody should learn something one learn one thing in one school and then another in another because one faculty is like this book has been banned because you're not allowed to know that this is what actually happened but in like others they're like this is what actually happened and they they don't teach it to you the way that people are afraid they're going to teach it to you and if they when they do teach it to you they have to be very careful about it which is why teachers need to be educated about how to teach did you have any like final points you want to make read the banned books <laughs> read them they help the authors they help your mind and they're fun and they're banned give you perspective give you grow perspective. your personality grow, yes grow a pair and grow your personality <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for being on this episode with me it was really fun yeah. <laughs> and introducing you guys to each other that was really fun for yeah. me. and thank you all for listening follow the podcast on instagram at still figuring out dot pod and you guys both have instagrams like you have a right story author i call it author author instagram (laughs) and then you're reading instagram very very low key girl it's kind of embarrassing but i will put it up there do you want to sure i will put it up there hold on hold on on. i know i don't know mine either (laughs) mine is i have hated the underscore words all lowercase it's actually a book thief quote I, I have hated <gasps> the words and I have loved them and I hope I I've made the them right. Theme. I love so the book theme so much. It's so good. Oh, and then mine, lol. <laughs> mine is author.kenna.francis on Instagram. And then I also think that's what it is on YouTube. And then I also think that's what it is on. I don't use Twitter, but I use threads. Mm. So that's what it is on Instagram's version of Twitter. All right. And please share the podcast with your friends, family, or whoever else you want. Still Figuring It Out is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and there will be another one out next month, so stay tuned. And, yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.